0: Afternoon, Bill. How are you? I'm um, great, Andrew. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Um, wanted to start by asking just the focus of the meetings uh, today and then the practice tomorrow before you obviously head into the bye. Uh, well, players aren't in today, so coaches are meeting today. Um, and then uh, that we'll decide what, to, uh, what the focus will be on tomorrow. Uh, When the players come in. So, I'm sure there'll be some individual fundamental things and also some, you know, team, um, you know, scheme adjustments and things to talk about, situational plays, things like that. So, um, yeah, we have plenty to work on. Thanks. You're welcome. Next question Chris Ryan, followed by Mark Daniels. Hey, Bill, how are you? Good, Chris. How's it going? Awesome. I'm going to talk about Judon for a second. Obviously there's a lot of focus on his ability to get to the quarterback and how he affects the game in the pass rush, but how about Judon against the run and what's special about somebody that just kind of seems to have that innate ability to find the ball and how impactful is it for you? Yeah, I thought you really played a run well against uh, Indianapolis kind of start on that first play where they ran the stretch play into him and, uh, you know, he set a, a good edge on that a couple of other times during the game. I think Mills ended up making a tackle, but um, you know, just doing a good job on the end of the line of scrimmage, forcing the ball back inside to uh LG and uh Godshaw and Bentley and those guys back in there is um you know a key part of that job for the defensive end, uh slash outside linebacker. So um, you know, he's a Juice is instinctive player. Um, he does have a good, good job of um, you know getting vision on the ball and also you know taking the right angle or the right, uh, making the right decision based on where the blocker is, where the ball is, mm-hmm. how fast the runner's going, what angle he's at, and so forth. It's just um, those are football skills that are that are hard to that are hard to coach because they happen so fast, and it's just a decision that a player has to make on the field in a split second. And also, just how do you feel about the depth in regard to your secondary at this point as well, where really going back to Patrick Chung, but seems more predominant over the last couple of years. You've been very comfortable sort of having a third linebacker using, whether it's Duggar or Peppers recently, you know, in in that spot. So the depth and also what's the thinking there in, in regard to having somebody that's more of a safety size, but maybe as physical as a linebacker playing you know, that outside spot? Uh right well we we play a lot of people on defense um at all three spots secondary linebacker and uh and the front so I'd say probably as many as anybody in the league uh but you know players that deserve to play will get an opportunity to play and and I think that rotation keeps everybody involved and you know keeps everybody fresh and sometimes those roles get divided up based on the matchups uh, that we're seeing in the personnel group that we have on the field um, uh, to go against uh, certain offensive personnel groups. Um, and some of it's just rotational to, as I said, keep everybody involved and, and keep, um, you know, give give them some different things to look at and different type body types or different skill sets to look at, uh, to have to block and, and defend against. Um, so. It's it's really a combination of both, but it's it's a luxury to have, and we're very fortunate to have, you know, a good number of those players, and um, and a lot of them play in the kicking game as well, too, so they're getting snaps on defense as well, special teams, and, you know, that helps balance out our team and um, gives us good, I would say good depth at both spots, good depth in the kicking game and also good depth, you know, um, defensively. You know, you lose a player like Cody Davis um, – know who is on every special teams unit or or even a player like montgomery earlier in the year uh, and you have to replace them on you know three or four special teams units uh each that's start running into a lot of players hard to find one player to come in and do that so a lot of times that those jobs roll into um everybody picks up one more unit or picks up one more thing and and you divide it that way but you need multiple players to be able to do that and so um you know, we've we've kind of been able to manage that. Uh, so that's, again, the depth in those units really help us out. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Next question, Mark Daniels, followed by Zach Cox. Hey, Bill. I um, wanted to ask you something about Sunday. I know after the game, several offensive players noticed that um, Shaquille Leonard was calling out some of their plays before the snap. And I was wondering, when you went back and watched, is that a result of any tells, or did you notice any tells that any of your players maybe had for the snap that would lead to a player like Leonard sort of knowing what was going to happen? And is there anything as a coaching staff you all can do to prevent that? Yeah, we uh, so uh, right, Mark. We we definitely want to prevent that. Um, yeah, I thought that there were uh, two or three plays for sure that uh, Leonard uh, really uh you know, got a big jump on, uh, and, and stopped us basically, uh, on those plays. Um, you know, Mosley, Mosley got a couple of those, um, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago in the Jets game, looked like Mosley, you know, almost looked like he heard the play in the huddle. Um, he was on it so fast and, and Leonard had a couple like that too. So whether that's, um, you know, something we were giving away or just something that, that, uh, you know, he anticipated based on whatever the uh whatever the keys were that he might have picked up. Um, you know, we certainly want to try to prevent that, but I I thought that that definitely Leonard for sure did it and Mosley I thought had had a couple of plays like that as well. So uh but you know, that's what good defensive players do. And um, they anticipate things and they are able to uh sometimes get a read on On uh, what they think is going to happen they're not always right but sometimes they are and they can certainly make you look bad offensively but you know as an offense you always want to be balanced and and try not to uh give things away uh to the point where you don't have something complimentary that goes with them so um you know that's that's kind of the the game within the game there obviously if if a player or a team is stopping one thing, you, if you have something complimentary to go to, then you can offset that. So, um, we've certainly had, had that situation, you know, come up as well too. Where we're able to take advantage of, uh, whether it was a player thinking he knew what the play was or the defense trying to play a certain play, but not defend another play. Uh, you have to kind of strike that balance. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what it looked like to me too. Thank you. Uh, next question, Zach Cox, followed by Bob Sosi. Bill, as we reach the, uh, the halfway point here, how would you characterize the way that this rookie class, uh, has performed, uh, and developed as a whole so far? Uh, I think our rookie class has been, um, you know, attentive, uh, they've tried to, I think really learn and and uh be coachable and and take the information and instruction that they've gotten from their uh coaches and and also from their teammates um but have a long way to go as you said we're kind of around the halfway point of the regular season when you take a look and pile the preseason and training camp and all that onto it um we're We're well past that that's these guys have played a lot of football and um and they have improved but um of course the biggest the biggest games are yet to come and and uh there'll be more challenges and more difficult challenges uh, going forward than what they've had already, so how good they are or aren't or how well they respond or don't respond um for all rookies in the league, not just our rookies, but of course, but everybody's will will be a big, it's a big question mark. And it'll be a big question to be answered for uh, each of them individually and their teams um, of how they perform in the second half of the year. If they hit the proverbial rookie wall or level off, or do they build on the experience and the um, things that they've learned already this year to grow and become better and and contribute more in the latter part of the year. And I think we've seen plenty of examples of both. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out. Thanks. You're welcome. All right, next question, Bob Soce, followed by Dakota Randall. Good afternoon, Bill. Hi, hey, Bob. Hey, Bill, uh, obviously last weekend uh, you had uh, words about the military and, and the TAPS program. Curious, this week, your Veterans Day coming up, you've coached a player that I know of who finished his NFL career, Jake Beckett, went on to serve uh, in the Army. You have Joe Cardona, who's a reservist now but has been an active duty officer as well, maybe again. Uh, you also have Ma- Malcolm Perry here for a short time, and he retired from football uh, to go into the service full-time, right. hopefully to be a Marine Corps officer. I'm curious about uh, you know your impressions of Malcolm as a player, but, but more so the decision that he made. What your thoughts were at the time and, and, and the level of respect uh, that you have for the for his decision to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, a number of uh, you know a number of guys, um, and maybe just to backtrack for a second on that, Bob. Um, uh, you know, of course, Catani. Um, you know would would also be in that, that Navy group. You know, McConkie uh, was out of the Navy when we, when we had him, um, you know, Kyle Eckel, um, Chet Moeller at, at the Giants. But I think, you know, one of the other people in the Malcolm Perry category uh, would be John Stuffelbeam. And um, you know, Admiral Stuffelbeam uh, played and, and punted at Navy. And then we had him in training camp when I was with the Lions and, um, he was certainly an NFL caliber punter, uh, but he elected to stay in the Navy and went on to, um, to serve and rise to the rank of, uh, admiral. And of course, everybody, um, you know, probably over the age of 30 remembers him from the daily press briefings that he gave with the post 9-11, um, press conferences. So, um, Admiral Stuffelby made that same decision to forego an NFL career, to serve, um, in the Navy. Um, I spent a lot of time with Pat Tillman, uh, when he came out in, uh, whatever year that was 98, 98, 99, somewhere in there, uh, down to Arizona state. And he ultimately made that same decision, uh, to play and then go and, and, and Malcolm. So, um, Again, I have a tremendous amount of respect for for all those people and and for Malcolm. And I had a long several long conversations with Malcolm uh, prior to his draft um, entry into the draft, and then uh, after uh, he was released from the Dolphins uh, when we are not really when we claimed him from the Dolphins, and then when he was here, and then um, you know the process of him leaving, coming back, and so forth. And so we, we had a number of conversations and. You know, I have a ton of respect for Malcolm and the decision that he made. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure he'll be a great teammate and a great um, Marine. And I'm I'm glad he's he's on our side. <laughs> glad he's he's defending us and, and you know, he's, he's on our side. So um, but, yeah, that's. Um, you know, obviously a big life decision for Malcolm and, and one that. You know, I and and as an organization, we have total respect and appreciation for. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's real life football. I mean, there's there's real bullets out there. You know, we we coach and play a you know a great game, but but that that game is uh, that's for all the marbles. And so, anybody that's that's in that arena, um, we have the ultimate respect for and. You know the taps families that were at the game last weekend um it was very very touching to greet them and and to um and at least show the appreciation and respect we had for their loved ones and and also to see all the military uh people out there uh even army the bands and the uh so forth all the people that are on the field um you know in the end they they all defend our freedom and and uh and we appreciate what they all do but um, yeah, glad you met. Thanks for asking about Malcolm. That's great. Um, no. Great reference. All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the answer. Yeah, you got it. Sure, Bob. And we're going a little long, but we'll try to get three final questions in. I would ask that you just ask one question and no follow up. I uh, will go to Dakota Randall, uh, Kyrie Thompson, and Andrew County. Hey, Bill. Um, Ramondre Stevenson lost a fumble in his first game last season, but he hasn't lost one since. And I, don't, I think he's only put the ball on the ground once. Uh, what kind of work have you seen him put in with his ball security and, and what kind of coaching points have been there from Finney and last year, don't years? All right. We talk about ball security every day and um, certainly Andre uh, ta- has taken that to heart. His ball security has uh, become very, very good. Um, and it's not just the balls that come out. It's really, it's, it's all the time. It's how the ball is handled and carried uh whether the player's running in practice, whether he's getting tackled or whether he's in the open field and um seemingly no one's around him. But we all know in the national football, if you give the ball, uh there's gonna be a lot of people after you and they're gonna be coming fast and in a hurry. And um so ball security is um at the utmost at the top of the list and, and um he's uh been a great example of of someone who's improved his ball security um you know, tremendously it takes a lot of pride in it, and and again, the thing is, you see it every time he touches the ball, not just on game day, and not just when somebody's trying to rip it away, but uh, he he keeps it very secure all the time, and um, he's done a real good job of that. Thank you. Your questions, Kyrie Thompson and Andrew Kelly. Hey, coach, um, you talked about, um, you know, you you said that you know think one of Mac Jones' strengths is uh, seeing the field really well. And he talked a bit about not trying to get caught up in what he called false reality. Um, you know, just looking at still frames from tablets and things and just trying to, to stick to his coaching with what his reads are supposed to be what's open. How do you feel about you know, his mental process, how he's seeing things and, uh, you know, just how to keep on building on uh, some of the good things from the past couple of weeks? All right, well, the, yeah, the one of the best things we've done uh, in the last couple of weeks is take care of the football uh in the passing game especially. We've had it stripped out, but in terms of the passing game, um you know, we've kept the ball from being intercepted and and uh, really from the defense getting their hands on very many of them, and that's a good thing. Um but you know, the quarterback, it's uh you know, I think that's really a good point about still pictures and where guys are and all that, but it's also Uh, where their eyes are and, and where their movement is, what direction they're going and how, um, you know, how, what, what their, what their body position and posture is at that point in time, are they getting ready to break forward Uh, are they still drifting backwards? Are they gaining ground depth backwards, uh, to try to throw over them? Are they coming forward? Uh, so you've got to be careful about throwing in front of them or you can't throw over them and, and all things like that. And again, for the quarterback, he's also you know has to manage the the pass rush and and see around you know a bunch of big big bodies in there that are you know six five six 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 four whatever offensive and defensive linemen and and to be able to you know stay calm with all that's flying around them there uh, and still get a good clear visual picture of where the coverage is where they're going what they're doing how fast they're going to get there so you know all that processing takes place in split seconds and. um you know, when you talk to quarterbacks that that really can see that, they do a good job of, as from the sideline, telling you exactly what they saw, uh, and then you go back and look at it on film, and and you you see all the things they talked about, um, where the defense was, where the defenders, how they were positioned, um, where the rush was, if somebody flashed in front of them, if they weren't able to step up because of. Pressure from the right or left side or whatever it is, and so forth. I mean, those those guys see a lot and can process a lot. It's really amazing how how much they can do in you know a second, a second and a half, and, and then get the ball out of there. And and um, so that's, but that's their job, and that's that's what they need to do is see the defense, uh, read the coverage, throw the ball to the to the right receiver, and manage the timing of the rush either avoid it or slide to where there's space so they can throw the ball and it's like I said a lot happens in in those two seconds thank you coach you're and welcome last question Andrew Kelly hey, so understanding every quarterback is different every play is different uh, what if any are some of the general coaching points for how to play under pressure at that position because it looks like the offense has one of the highest sack rates for when players are under pressure across the league, and I know those are some of the negative plays that you know maybe Mac has mentioned about improving your early down efficiency. Yeah, well, you're right, Andrew. Every play is different, and all the circumstances are different, and you know the relationship of the routes, the defenders, and the rush, and so forth. So, you know, in the end, it comes down to team execution and. And uh, you know, trying to in the passing game have a good rhythm and a good timing. So um when that all works then, then you usually have good good positive plays. When it doesn't, when uh the receivers get jammed or they're not open or the protection breaks down or um you know the coverage takes something away that, that you think is gonna be a good option and it turns out not to be, uh, then then that's where um you know, it's just not as clean. So I think the best thing, you know, we can do just in terms of the overall production is, is more efficiency as a unit. Um, every single person, um, you know, making sure that their execution is, is, as good as it can be on the play. And then we'll have more positive plays, more positive results, less long yardage, more points, et cetera. So that's kind of the focus for us this week. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you coach. Right. Thanks everyone. Thank you.